0: Hello, everyone. I'm Rachel Zabonik-Chonko, and welcome to the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. The following conversation features Corey Angelin, the COO of VoloFit by Tough Mudder, on the topic of creating the best onboarding club experience. We talk about what great fitness brands do differently, the different elements of the onboarding experience to consider, and why you should be the mayor of your club or studio. Enjoy. This edition is sponsored by Club Solutions Mastermind Groups. The Club Solutions Mastermind Groups offer peer-to-peer support that's affordable, convenient, and for all levels of health club management. Go to clubsolutionsmgx.com for more information. All right, Corey, thank you so much for joining me on the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. It's really nice to speak with you today.
1: I am very excited. As you know, I am a big fan of Club Solutions. I love what you do with the information that you put out for the industry. I really think it helps. So I'm excited to talk to you.
0: Yeah, thanks, Corey. Um, And if for those uh, that don't know, Corey is a blogger and a columnist for Club Solutions, so be sure to check out his articles on our site. They're really insightful. But uh, yeah, so today we're here to talk about, you know, creating the best onboarding club experience. Um, Why is this such an important topic, especially right now?
1: Gosh, I mean, I I think it's funny. Early in my career, it was all about you do this sort of museum tour, right, where you're kind of checking out every area of the gym and the sales people, sales associates are like, let me show you this, let me show you this, let me show you this. And and so, and that was it. And then, you know, you, you would get a free session. What I learned the second half of my career is that it was really about the experience because we pay so much attention on new member acquisition and yet we forget about retention. And so when we, you know, it's great, you know, over the course of my career, we would get a lot of new clients, depending on you know, what, what gym I was working at at the time. But the reality is, is that you want to pay as much attention to attrition as well. So how do you deal with that is, is you provide a great onboarding experience. So, so that's where my passion sits now. And there are a lot of things that go into that, which I'm sure we'll talk about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what does go into a great onboarding experience? Maybe share some examples of what you feel great fitness brands are doing differently.
1: Yeah. Great, great brands in general, not even, not even fitness, but I I believe great brands in general, whether it's fitness or Apple or Starbucks, um, they do a couple of different things differently than everybody else. And that is number one, they absolutely believe in their product. Now that sounds pretty simple. But over the course of my career in fitness, it's amazing, for example, how many employees at a particular gym or studio do not even work out at that gym or studio, right? And so I'm talking about really being passionate about what you sell, whatever product or service that is. So that's number one. Number two, what great brands do differently, especially in fitness, is they don't pay much attention to price. In other words, they're not scared to charge money, (laughs) whether it's more money or less money or whatever that value is. And the reason is is because they believe in the product or service. And so for me as a young trainer, um, I was always afraid to ask for money. Uh, One, because I was in my twenties and I thought a hundred dollars was a lot of money. But as I got older and I felt really confident in in what I can do for someone in, in terms of a trainer, um, I was pretty confident in asking for money. So so it starts there. That, that's what great brands do differently.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely seeing that with the boutique trend as well, where members will pay a high quality, but the value, or sorry, a high dollar, but the value has to be there.
1: Yeah, and for me, it's interesting making the switch from big box my whole life um, to boutique, with, now with VoloFit. And, and it was a little bit of a transition, but what was cool for me was to understand um, and by the way, both have a place in fitness. I still belong to a big boss gym and I work for a boutique fitness company, but so, so that's never gonna change. But it is interesting to see the segments of, of demographics. So obviously boutiques driven by millennial and Gen Z. We all know that. I still am a Gen Z, or I believe you're a millennial. So that-, that I'm, Correct. That right, good. Um, God, I wish I had those days back. But <laughs> I, I think the demographic that we both fit into Um, we like not just nice things, but I think it's more about the look, the feel, the experience, right? What what happens when you walk into a studio, or a gym for that matter, and what you find now, which you're well aware of, is a lot of big box gyms are actually adapting what Boutique is doing well, meaning the look, the feel, the technology, which is huge, I think, you know, more so than anything, I think Boutique has really paved the way for in-studio or wearable technology, um, just because it's more scalable, so so I think that that's really what's driving the market.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think another thing that boutiques do well, um, especially for exercisers that you know are very unsure um, and just don't know what to do, is really just like you said, onboarding them properly, getting them plugged in, and getting them uh, into a schedule. Would you? Is that something that you feel big box gyms could, should continue to adopt?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'd be lying if I said. Yeah, I mean, yes, right. So one of the frustrating things and this is when we say onboarding experience right it's it's also important to remember that goes for our staffing too right so over the years as I've done exit interviews with people the common reason why someone leaves is lack of support and so why I'm so passionate about experience in general is because I always loved being supported you know whether I was doing really well or whether I needed a lot of help. And I I fit into both of those categories over the last 30 years. And so what does that look like? So from a staffing perspective for us at Dolafit, for example, in boutique, it means having a digital platform that allows us to learn and having that continuing education, right? In-person experiential uh, seminars and and visits from myself and other people on the team. But from a customer standpoint, what does experience and onboarding mean? It means, When you first talk to someone, when that lead comes in, your goal obviously is for them to become a member. But there's a lot of steps that you wanna hit along the way. And so that means having a great first conversation. And and if you look at what is a great onboarding experience, like it starts with the first conversation. To me, that's where we miss the boat 99% of the time. And I've done so much role-playing that I could confidently say, that's where we miss the boat. And what I mean by that is, Normally, when we get someone on, a, on the phone, like a lead, for example, whether they walk into your gym or studio or they call you up for the first time, we tend to want to talk a lot about what we have to sell, right? Like, hey, we have a great product. We have a great service. We have a great price. Like, that's great. But the problem is, is sometimes we fail to even understand why the customer wants to join in the first place. Like, how about just taking a step back and asking, what's your goal? Why is it your goal? What have you done in the past? What are you looking for moving forward? Do you have a great support system? How motivated are you, right? Then lead back to you as a solution. So, you know, we could talk about a tour and all the great things you should do there, but it starts with that first conversation because if you don't even know why someone wants to join in the first place, what does it matter what value you have in terms of your gym or studio?
0: Yeah. So in the sales process with that prospect, make it in the initial conversation, make it more about them, not your gym.
1: Yeah, and that's a—it a, segues right into the next point I was going to make, which is it's about asking powerful questions. And I always believe that powerful questions do three things. Number one, when you're on the phone with a lead or talking to even a new member at that point, powerful questions can one overcome objections. So when you're in the sales cycle, asking a powerful question like, "Hey, who supports you?" and they might say, "Oh, my, you know, my husband, my wife, my family, my friends, whatever." You're, you're, what you're doing is essentially uh, overcoming a spouse objection, which we hear commonly. So, what we do know is powerful questions can overcome objections. Number two, they can plant seeds for later on in the sales cycle. One of the best things I love asking someone is, like, you know, what have you done in the past uh, in terms of exercise? Now, that's not a question, everyone knows that question. Most people ask it, but it's really what I ask as a follow up, which is, So what you're looking for now moving forward is more consistency. Because I know what I sell, my product or service um, is a consistent program, right? And so I don't need to tell you that my program is the best yet. I just wanna make sure that you're looking for consistency. So powerful questions could overcome objections, plant seeds, and then finally, a powerful question could really activate the decision-making part of the brain. And that's the fun part because really a great onboarding experience, part of it, is to make it really personal, right? It can't be generic. And one of the failures that I've had early in my career working in big boxes, I used to do museum tours. And I think we all know what a museum tour is. It's just like, let me show you everything, which is quite interesting because most people don't work out everywhere in the gym. <laughs> like just for me, it's show me the free weight area and uh, a treadmill every now and then, right? Like, and so, but when you're making it really personable, and specific to that customer, that's how you start a great onboarding experience.
0: Yeah. Well what other elements are really important in creating a great onboarding experience?
1: Yeah. It, it's to the second, I think, part of your point before is understanding that being on a program is a really great thing. And sometimes it doesn't have to cost any money. So it's it's having the connection with your staff to understand that it's not about one person trying to sell a membership. It's about the team collectively putting together a program. And so how do you start instilling that within the onboarding experience? Well, we talked first about that a great onboarding experience starts with that first conversation, right? And asking powerful questions and it could elicit those three outcomes. From there, it's about getting them into a trial or whatever you offer at your particular gym or studio. So let's just say, for example, that you offer a you know one or two or seven day trial, right? The coaches or trainers should understand first and foremost what that first conversation entailed. Quite often, I have walked into places where I've had a great conversation with the sales associate. I then went two days later to the free trial and the trainer began to ask me all of the same questions as if they never talked to the sales associate in the first place. So I think to, to move that needle along is great communication amongst the staff. There should be some level of consciousness with the trainers that, hey, these are this person's goals. They're coming in tomorrow. Know their name. (laughs) I mean, how about we start with the name? Like, hey, Corey, nice (laughs) to see you today. Um, Instead of like, hi, what's your name? That drives me up the wall. Um, And so, and then it starts there. And then from there, it's about once you're going through that workout, that free session, whatever you want to call it, it's about putting together a personal program for that person. Now, we're not talking about you're writing up a 90-day plan, but I call that prescript- just a prescription. A lot of people use that term, prescription-based selling, for example. And so really, it comes down to being really confident in your coach or trainer, putting together a prescription of sorts as to what life would be like if that person became a member. And so if you look at what that looks like from an onboarding experience, you have a great rapport building conversation. That's all about the customer. We then have trans- transferred that into more of an experiential um, experience in terms of a trial. And then we had a coach who's a professional in the fitness industry, who's prescribing, having seen what they've done in that trial, um, their limitations, what their goals are, all of that stuff, put together a program for what comes after that. That to me... Um, is the front-end part of a great onboarding experience.
0: Thanks again to our sponsor, Club Solutions Mastermind Groups. The Club Solutions Mastermind Groups offer peer-to-peer support that's affordable, convenient, and for all levels of health club management. Go to clubsolutionsmgx.com for more information. Yeah, I think you're hitting on um, a really big theme too, which is that customers expect a personalized experience. And I think that, you know, what you were saying earlier about Starbucks and and the mobile apps and some of these big companies, that is what they do is they have all this data information. They know your habits. They know your favorite things that you like to purchase and buy. And then they're delivering a personalized experience to you based off of that information.
1: Yeah, I always love, whenever I present, I always love kind of, doing analogies that don't relate to fitness, sometimes we get so caught up in fitness, right? And, but again, when we allude back to great brands, I, I mean, the easy one to talk about is Apple. And so, you know, millions of people talk about Apple and have these great stories. What I always think about with Apple and my kind of take on how I relate it to fitness is, you know, at some point, Steve Jobs must have had a board meeting where they said, we are going to create our first ever Apple retail store. It's going to be in every mall in the world how should we design this space? And I'm sure there were unbelievable answers, really smart people in the room saying, it should be unbelievably modern with, and what did they settle on? They settled on tables with their product, that's it. The most recognizable company in the world, that's the design of their store because here's what Apple knows. It's not just about the the product that they sell right? Like it's not about fitness. Listen, you can go to any gym in the world or any studio and get some version of music, weights, trainers, coaches, right? That's really not what distinguishes a great studio or gym over another great studio or, you know, over another studio or gym. And so with Apple, it's unbelievable detail to the experience. What do they call the people that work at the Apple store? Geniuses. I think that's genius, right? I mean, we don't call them. Um, what do they call the employees at Starbucks, right? For For yep. And so these little things and the my curse in, in life, the last 20 years, having put so much emphasis on experience, especially within the fitness industry, is I'm so hypercritical or aware anytime I walk in anywhere, whether it's a hotel, a gym, I, I think about the smell. I think about the lighting i think about the people how do you get a warm greeting i mean everything that goes into that experience can really if you think about it make or break that person becoming a you know long term member or customer or not and that's just the reality of, of where we
0: live in the fitness industry today yeah it's really about how you make people feel at the end of the day
1: oh, so and, and so when we talk about you know what like i talked about before when we talk about powerful questions to elicit that decision making Part of the brain it's emotional right sales is emotional um and uh, and, and, and you know I, I always say this as, as much uh, of of how i love trainers so much i am one myself i've been one all my life even though I, I i i operate studios now um no one gets to the trainer unless you sell a membership is the honest truth right so you, you can have the best trainer or coach in the world it doesn't matter um, and so, you know, at VoloFit, for example, what I always try to instill is that it's about the team. It's not about, you know, having to go out and get the best coach. We, we want great coaches. We also want rock star people that can sell memberships because it's not just the, the, the word selling or sales kind of turns people off. But we, I always say about myself, it's not about selling. Just create a great experience. Believe in what you're doing and just care about the customer. It sounds very cheesy. I get it. Don't get me wrong, but It's true. If you, if you really think and understand a person's or customer's goals, and you believe that your product or service can help with that, well, then it's not a problem in selling a membership to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it's simple, but it's extremely important. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's the challenge, right? Is to get people
1: to buy into the fact that it's not just about you, it's about the customer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, changing gears a little bit, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on how technology can assist with member onboarding and creating a great experience? And maybe you can share some specific examples of how you do that at VoloFit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that attracted me to VoloFit, well, I would say three things. Um, and, and and obviously, it goes in line with what boutique's doing in general. But specifically for us, number one, it was the programming, right? So at the end of the day, you have to have great programs. Um, but number two, it was the look and the feel of our studios. And lastly, it was the technology. And, and so when you think about technology, I always, I mean, listen, you can look at probably, and we certainly know this, there's a lot of good studies at Club Solutions um, over the last couple of years, but I mean, pit training, wearable technology are usually in the top five of trends in the fitness industry for the last five years right so much like technology or whatever and 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 or vice versa and so for me technology is huge and so if you take a step back and and ask why it's huge i think it's important to realize why people leave gyms or studios in the first place and two of the reasons i believe people leave is number one a lack of results which is an obvious one but I think number two feeds into why you have number one, which is a lack of motivation. And so, for me in my career, I've been member just a member at many different places, both boutique and big box gyms. And there have been many times where I have, you know, had a lack of results, and it was due to a lack of motivation, whatever it is. No one was pushing me. Maybe I didn't like group training at that time. What I think big box, uh, you know, what I think boutique does really well is nail those two things. I think. Um, And especially what I believe at Volofit is we provide an experience whereby um, we motivate the hell out of you. And we're pretty confident because of that. We're going to see results, whatever that means for that individual. And so for us, technology means having um, really great uh, programming on the TVs. So when you walk into a Volofit, you will see the technology up on different screens and monitors where it's actually cueing the customer. Um, And so as a coach, that's outstanding because how many times in my career have I walked over to someone and corrected their squat, and then I would walk away and they would just screw it up again. It's not their fault, but it's hard to, right? It's hard to remember all of it. It's like learning a golf swing. There are so many things you have to learn that it's very hard. So being able to coach a member on a particular exercise at a particular station but also being able to see that movement on a continuous loop on a monitor is huge for the customer. So that's what attracted me uh, specifically to the technology that we have at Volafit.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm taking, uh, I've actually just joined a Pilates gym and sometimes when the trainer's giving instructions, it's a little unclear and having like a visual presentation on a screen would be super helpful. Just think about that.
1: This this is the great point, right? We talk about it's it's emotional. How does that make you feel when they walk away? You don't want to feel like an idiot, right? You're like, I mean, other people are doing it. Oh yeah, we're all
0: looking around. We're like, what do we do?
1: Yeah, exactly. And you're trying to find the one part, right? And so that's an issue, right? And most people are not trainers, so we don't expect them to understand what a progression is, a regression, what it looks like. And so, yeah, I I think we're in line with what that means in terms of how technology helps that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to what you're saying too about motivation. Um, And, you know, I can definitely relate to what you're saying about, um, you know, being members of big box gyms and boutiques over the years. And the boutiques in particular have at least very um, motivated me a lot more. And it's just little simple things. For example, you know, it's extremely expensive compared to some of the other facilities. So I feel like I I have to go in order to get my money's worth. Um, and then another thing is, is even just like with scheduling, like if I schedule a class, if I cancel within 12 hours, I get charged a fee. So there's motivation right there for me to go. And like you said, the more I go, the more results I get. So it's just little things like that.
1: Oh, you are the perfect member for us. <laughs> right, like, <laughs> like You're actually a responsible member, right? You're, you're holding yourself accountable, right? We don't charge people because we, we like to charge people. It's yeah. just, it's, but that I think you've hit the nail on the head. And, and that's an interesting take, by the way. Uh, sometimes I forget that that the customer, the way they take in information, right? Like you hold yourself accountable. And so, yeah, I motivation. So motivation, I think the way you laid it out has a couple of different meanings, right? Um, both for the studio and what it means to the consumer. Yeah, for me, it's also about how loud is the music, right? Um, Is it hospital type lighting or is it really cool lighting? The look in the field, we go back to that look in the field. Um, And then it's about obviously the staff, right? And so, and really that comes down to community. So I think what what BoatChief does well and and why I think it really thrives even post pandemic or or while we're still getting out of the pandemic is it does have a lot of different meanings to how we can motivate you because it is more scalable, but at the end of the day, it's more about the community, right? You're more likely uh, to know people, more people, if not everyone in that studio versus walking into a big box gym. It doesn't mean, you know, that's not for everyone, but I bet you in your Pilates class, you know a lot of people, right? I do. (laughs) Yeah, and you help motivate each other, right? And so I think when you put all those pieces of the puzzle together, it's about about two things. Yes, being held accountable, both being responsible for yourself, but as a member to the community of the studio. Um, But it's also about being part of something larger, right? And being motivated by others. Uh, And so the question I I said earlier, when we talked about powerful questions is a great question to ask when you're first getting to know a customer or a potential member is, who's your support system? I could tell you this we will be your support system, right? And so when you walk in the doors of our studio at VolaFit or um, you know, more more than likely any, any other boutique studio, our job is to make sure that you're part of our family. Uh, and so that's what I think we do really, really well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, like these are elements that big box gyms can incorporate into their operations as well.
1: Yeah, and you're seeing it, right? I mean, it, it's no secret you're seeing big box gyms being a little bit more savvy in terms of, taking what Boutique does and creating that within the four walls of the big box shams, whether it's, you know, just in the cycle room or, or obviously you've started to see a lot of hit zones within the big box sham, which is really cool to start seeing because they understand, I mean, listen, yes, they're competing with Boutique, but they also understand that it is about trying to elevate the consumer experience in that regard.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, we've covered a lot of great ground. Is there anything else about onboarding that you'd like to share that you think other operators would benefit from?
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, the last thing that comes to mind is we talked a lot about what is that onboarding experience in terms of getting that person as a member. I think the last thought i probably leave you with is it doesn't end there because we fail to think about attrition and why members leave. And so the the only other advice I would say that we we at BOAFIT specifically builds into our experiences, a couple of different things. One, every uh, member gets a phone call from our head coach seven days later, right? Just a little, nice little touch. Hey, how's the last week been? How are you doing with the programming? How are you finding the classes? What do we still need to do? Like just seven days later. Then it's about a 30 or 60 day call after that. Um, from either the general manager or someone on the staff could be that coach again, but I think that's really what tailors that experience. It's not just so much about new member acquisition. You really have to remember about what can you do to keep that member longer.
0: Yeah. And that's even more important post COVID because, you know, a lot of gyms have lost a lot of members. And so every member that you get, you've really got to work a little bit harder to retain them
1: always know a member's name. If I can give you one piece of advice, be the mayor of your club or studio, know everyone's name, take more time than you need to get in touch with these people. Believe me, they, they want to tell you how things are. Members are not shy to tell you if they're having a great time or not, um, but they definitely appreciate the support that they would get from the staff. So in that regard, that's what, that's how you create a great onboarding experience.
0: Yeah, I love that. Be the mayor of your club or studio. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much, Corey. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me on the podcast.
1: Always a pleasure. Looking forward to speaking and sometime at uh, some point seeing you again.
0: And that wraps up this episode of the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. Thank you for listening. And if there are future topics you'd like me to cover in upcoming episodes, please let me know at rachel at